Good, good. So your heart, that verse says, I hide your word in my heart that I might not sin. What I love about the heart, all of us have pockets, right? How many pockets we have? We got one, one two, two, three, 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 four, five, five six, five, seven, about eight pockets, right? The best pocket that you have on you is your heart. Now, when I go to a grocery store, I'm not going to just let my gun be seen, right or wrong. I'm not going to just let it be seen. I'm going to hide that thing, right? <laughs> right? So, that, so, yes, sir. Those who, like, you have to be discreet. You see what I'm saying? So when you're walking with, you know, a piece on you, you don't want it to be seen. Because if a person wants to rob a place and they see you got a gun, you're the first target. I'm going to take you out because you have something that can take me out. Right? But I hide it so that when, no matter where I'm in, if I need to use it, I can use it. Right? You don't want to be in a place where you have to use something you don't have. Like, that's a scary place to be. To be in a trial, to be in a temptation, to be in the middle of a test and don't have your peace with you. Don't have your word of know what to use and how to use it against the enemy. See, like we said the other day, you can't shoot a demon. You can't choke hold a demon. You can't drop kick a demon. You can't WWF a demon. Whatever, you, whatever moves you can find in WWE or WWF, you can't do that to a demon. Like They only respond through spiritual means. And so if I don't have that word hidden in my heart, then I won't have that proactive ability to disarm anything that's coming against me. That's why you got to say, okay, how much word do I have hidden in me to fight the demons against me? That's why I want to drive home the importance of mindfulness so that when you read the scripture, you read within context, you read 10 verses above, 10 verses under, so you can have it in context. And then also begin to see how this word reads you so that you can hide that word in you so that when you're in a situation where you only can respond spiritually, you respond with the word of God. Can you see words? No, but words are the most powerful things on this planet. And what evidence can we can we show that words are the most powerful thing on earth? Everything we said as many times, I probably said I talk a lot, talk in front of a lot of people, so I don't know if I said this in front of y'all. But I know this is new for you, uh, Pilar. Pilar, right? Okay, good, good. Make sure I get it right. Everything that God said, let there be, is. And it's still operating at a high level. It ain't like the sun has stopped sunning. It ain't like the moon is like, man, fam, I need you to say another let there be in me, God, because I'm losing my moonness, right? Like the stars ain't asking God to, to say let there be again. He said it once. And when he said it once, his words were so powerful, it's sustaining everything that is, right? And so when you look at your words, you got to make sure that your words are meshed with the most powerful words on earth. And that's the word of God. Right now, if, if you were uh, uh, fighting a stage four cancer, right? And do you have five scriptures you can rattle off like that to fight that issue? Like if you were heartbroken and, and, and now you uh, open up to roots of bitterness, do you have five scriptures you can rattle off? Dude, like when you're in situations, real life situations, we're not saying uh, just speaking the word is enough. You have to believe the word and apply the word. So if the word of God says count it all joy, right? 
then I just can't say that word in a tough time. I got to actually say, you know, I have to actually count it all joy so that I can have joy and so that I can what? Enjoy. Do you know you can enjoy any season of your life, no matter how bad it is? Just off that one scripture. That if I count every situation as joyful, then I can enjoy the joy in that situation. Some of y'all right now are in some bad situations. Some of y'all, I, I worked at public schools. I've been working in school systems for eight, nine years now. There's been kids on the last day of school cry. Kids on Fridays cry. Mr. says, can I go home with you? Can I stay with you? They don't want to go home. But what I'm trying to get you to understand is that when I used to have those same tears when I was a kid, like, man, I, I don't have, I'm the only child. I'm going home by myself. Mom tired. I don't have, right? I, I understand those type of complications, right? But when I look back at it, I'm so glad I went through that. Do you know you're being more equipped from your toughest times than your most treasured times? That's why it's important to be able to say, okay, I need God's word in my heart. I need to be able to exegete it. I need to be able to break it down. Because let me ask you this question. Why are principles important? Why are principles, not principle in this rally, but why are principles, L-E-S, so important? Yes. Standard. What's the word in principle? Prince. A prince has to live to what, what? Standard. High standards. Because a prince can become a king tomorrow. So principle says, I got to live like a prince that's ready to be a king. So these principles are standards that I live by, right? Why are patterns so important? Say it again, sir. It's a continuous thing. And the continuous thing that produces what? Huh? Consistency. And then consistency produces what? Growth. Say your words again. A lifestyle. a lifestyle and growth. So life and growth, right? Y'all can read that. So, <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know. So basically, patterns, right? Principles, patterns are, are 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 things that you live off of. Most people look at the Word of God as, oh, that's poetry. That's beautiful. Oh, that was a good saying. Oh God, that was a bar right there, God. When 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 you had your boy Paul right there, boy, I felt that, Gio. I felt what you wrote through Timothy. I felt what you wrote through Abraham. But when you look at scriptures as principles and patterns, and you also take the B-I-B-L-E acronym, which stands for what? Basic instructions for leaving earth. Then you begin to say, okay, I need God's word in me for me to live the life I should. Now, when you have a computer uh, right now, right, and, and you want to install a program uh, what goes into the installing process? Or let me just say this. Who has an iPhone? Just about everybody, right? Now, um, unlike me, I don't be updating when the updates come. I just be forgetting. And my phone starts. What happens when you don't update? Start acting up, start overheating, starts lagging. Apps don't run as quick. But when you update, what happens? It starts working smoothly, right? The same is with you and I. How many of us are still on 2016 updates when the update today is ready? We're lagging. We're dragging. We're not really operating at a high level because we haven't got the updates. Do you know that the Holy Spirit, just like, um, for instance, I, guess what? What's right here? Guess what? Uh, 
I don't even know. So it was continuous, and this was a consistency and life and growth. There we go. <laughs> That's what that last one is, right? So updates. So, man, okay, so for instance, who, who knows a lot about computers? Something, right? A little bit about computers. Can a flash drive, you, can you put everything on your computer, if you have a big enough flash drive, can you put everything that's on your computer on your flash drive? Mm-hmm. On a flash drive. Mm-hmm. Or important files. Yeah. Right? You can put it all on one little flash drive. So you have one big computer, you have a flash drive. Do you know that the flash drive has already been plugged into us and that's the Holy Spirit? That the fullness of the Godhead is inside of you. So that anytime you need to update from the kingdom, and they say we need to update you in love. We need to update you in joy. We need to update you in your understanding of the gospel truth. I need to update you. Do you know that anytime you can ask the Holy Spirit, hey, is there an update needed? Every day I need to update. Man, do you know how fast a, a, a wife goes from wife to motherhood? Like, like my wife is, I got to stay up to date because she moving. <laughs> Baby girl now scaling, and next thing you know, I got to be ready for when she starts walking and running. So I got to constantly be updated. We all got to constantly be updated because you don't know who's going to try you tomorrow. <laughs> you don't know who's going to call you and your mama name out of their names. You don't know who's going to say that going to make you go crazy. You got to be updated. You got to be updated in a constant state because I got to have God's word. Because God's word is the most active ingredient on earth. We went through that, right? We talked about active, active ingredients. Didn't we talk about that? About bar soap and tubs. We talked about that? Okay, good. So when your mama, we probably did. Maybe we didn't. When your mama, we did do this. I'll do it again just in case. Uh, when your mama wants you to clean a tub, we went through this, right? Somewhat. We'll go through it again. When your mama wants you to clean a tub, does she tell you to get that bar soap? And we, for those who's been through this, why does your mom don't want you to use bar soap to clean the tub? Huh? It don't work that good. It don't break down like Comet does or what's uh, Ajax or, or Mr. Clean. What's the little po- Comet? Comet. You know, when, you, when the mama say get the Comet out, you know it's serious business. That means that tub, that ring around your tub is, is, is black, about as black as us. Right? So, so we need that Comet because that Comet has more what? Power, active ingredients. So that's why it's crazy we're allowing bar soap people to affect us more than a word that has more active ingredients in it. We're allowing bar soap people and we're trying to, you know, get to a place where we're more affected by their words than we are affected by the word of God. So if I allow the word of God to incubate in me, it will clean the deep, the deepest depths of you. Do you know how dirty and wicked we are the bible says the heart is deceitful above all things desperately sick we went through this that you and i can't trust our hearts like i can't trust my heart right because what i mean by i can't trust my heart is because at any given time that heart may may be deceitful for instance mr is now you know you're hungry fam Man, I sure is am hungry. I am hungry. Yesterday, man, they had them Dunkin' Donuts in the teacher's office. And I just declared before the Lord and my wife Sunday night, I said, I'm going to make a change. I'm not going to eat them donuts. 
I ain't going to that vending machine. I ain't going to Burger King, get them two for $5 sausage, egg, and cheese, because I ain't doing that no more. And as soon as I walk in this building, I'm on a high two. I'm like, yeah, we got it. I got my two bananas. You know what I mean? I got some bone broth. I, I'm trying to eat right. And as soon as I walk in that teacher's office, how do you, let me tell you how bad it was. My favorite, top three favorite donuts is the sour cream donuts. Y'all don't know about that. That's the old folk donuts. Y'all don't know about that. Y'all kids like just the regular glaze and the little frog. They don't sound nasty until you try it, though. Y'all like the little sprinkles and, the, and pink icing. Y'all like that, but them sour cream donuts. I'm a cake. I'm a cake donut guy. I'm a cake donut guy and all it. It's not. It don't don't. I'm tr- uh, taste and see. Mm, they don't taste sour. Is it like a cheese? What is it? It's like, like sour cream chip like type flavor. No, not that flavor. Oh, like, it's sweet. It's it's like a cakey donut. It tastes more like pound cake than anything. Uh, all right. So basically, okay. So now that I paint the picture. How most people when they go to donut place they get majority what glaze. glaze. I come to this donut box. There's ten sour cream donuts and two glaze. How who does that, fam? Who does that? Unless the devil. No, I'm joking. I ain't saying the devil's in Duncan. It might be. But what I'm saying is this: is that what am I saying with this? What was my point? What what, what got me down? Is huh? Oh, you can't trust your heart. Thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. We, we back to the highway now. So I can't trust my heart. And when I saw those donuts, man, do you know the wrestling that was happening in me? I was like, ain't nobody going to see it. My wife ain't going to know. I'm going to get two of these. It was so bad that I got one and wrapped them in a napkin and put it in my pocket. I said, I'm just going to let it rock with me for a little bit. Just, just walk with me for a little bit. I'm just, just in case, you know what I mean? Legend, just in case I want to get to it, right? And then I sat at the lunch table and, I was, and my wife texted me and she was like, just rather random conversation. I was like, man, and I gave that donut to Sanala. Because you know Sanala like the one in 10th grade, she like the So I said, I, gave, I said, Sanala, here's a donut. And, and, and the liberation that came upon me, I said, man, God, you're faithful. But what I'm trying to say is this. My heart almost tricked me. And so, you know, donut, you just got over cold. You done did all these videos. You done coached all these people last week. Treat yourself. So when you understand that you can't trust you, then it makes you desperately after God. So right now, I know I like, for instance, um, when you know you, you can protect you. For instance, I know that to some women I'm attractive, not necessarily because of how I look. When When women get older, they don't necessarily go after who's the most handsome. They go after who can hand more sum over to them. They're looking for someone that can, can you hand some money over? Can you hand a house over? Can you hand uh, success over? They're looking for that. And oftentimes, when, when a man gets married, it makes you more attractive to other women because they're going to be like, oh, what makes her want you? Now I want you, right? But when I begin to live my life, I begin to realize, hey, I just can't entertain certain people. Even though they may come to me at church and be like, oh, I loved your message on this time to be here. Oh, you blessed me. I don't get so caught up in that because I have to protect myself. And when you know yourself in regards to just life and knowing who you are, you'll be aware of the warfare. See, the reason why many Christians fail is because they don't know who they are. Like, when you know who you are, you know what type of warfare comes after you. 
Right, the Bible says when a man or woman is tempted, they're drawn away by their own what? Lust. Lust and enticed, right? So when you think about that, you'll begin to say, okay, what is the devil tailoring after me? So let's just for it real quick, you know. All right. A suit made for legend. You see, legend about what? and knows exactly what's tailored to you. Do you know by, the, by Thursday, by Friday, by Tuesday, all of us have a day where we're more prone to fall into sin. Usually by 10 o'clock for some, sometimes 6 o'clock in the morning, sometimes it's Thursday at 3, sometimes it's Friday at 8. There's a time that you're like, man, here he come again. There he goes trying to try me again and tempt me again. All of a sudden, does it, it's not a strange thing that when you're at a high with God, and you and God just skipping together. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you just grab God, and you're skipping. Then someone starts tripping. Then all of a sudden, if someone call you out your name, you're like, man. And your joy just got... Pfft. They know exactly how to keep you from being your best you. That's why I need that word activated in me, to encourage me, to recite over myself, to remind myself of who I am. So that when the enemy comes against me, I have to say, no, I'm a prince. So I live, I'm going to stay living up to these principles. Like, like, I know in who I am, and I know who I am, and I know whose I am. And so when you look at these memory verses, you got to begin to say, okay, I'm not just reading these just to get a test. Or not to get a test. I'm not just reading these to pass a, 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 a test. I'm reading and becoming mindful of these so I can pass tests of life. Let me tell you something. These tests outside these four walls, y'all went through some tests. Man, this is what helps you to perform at your best against those tests. So when you look at the scripture, he was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. You got to look at the scripture and be like, okay, am I in the world? Am I made of this world? And because I'm worldly, do I not know him? That's things you got to think about. He was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. And, and, and that's why you got to ask yourself, because if I'm in the world, you ain't going to know God. If I'm listening to all these rappers, if I'm watching all these shows, if I'm hanging around the wrong people, if I'm adopting the wrong principles and patterns of this world's life, then how can I live a life of Christ? Like, and I'm going to tell you something, it ain't easy following God. Nobody in here who's a follower of God can dare say it's easy. It ain't even easy. And I'm a preacher. Pastor Chisholm can tell you, it ain't easy. Minister Chuck, no matter who it is, we'll tell you, it ain't easy. Because how can, it's hard to live in a world or in a system that is after your growth. 
So when you begin to think about that, you begin to say, hey, man, I got to make sure that I'm outside of this world system. Now, what are some things you and I can do to stay out of this world? Yes. Keep yourself. And then what are some practical ways that one can build their strength in God? He'll give, give God time. That's good. Yes, we are. Um, like and, and how does praying in the spirit from a practical sense strengthen someone or keep someone out of this world? That's good. We'll go here and then we'll go here. Swear. Go ahead, swear. Um, basically, what she said. So, yeah, just pray to make sure you have a connection. Make sure you have a connection. That's good. Yes, swear. Don't let temptation get to you. Don't let you. Just pray about it. That's good. That's good. Yes, sir. Uh, others with the same belief. Yep. So, we see. Anybody else want to contribute? Anything else want to have something else good? When you begin to hear those practical steps, that's why. Your walk with God cannot be just theoretical. It can't just be uh, 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 something that you aspire to become. You actually got to become like you actually got to do the things to do the things. And so if you want to be a professional basketball player, right, you're not just going to just show up to the gym. You're not going to show up on the day of trials, but you ain't showed up to the gym for eight months. It ain't going to work. So now when the coaches are there and the whistles are there and everybody's running sprints and everybody's doing all the trial stuff and you the last one and you the coach going to be like, oh, he don't want it. So when you think about what it takes to really be who you need to be in any kind of field, you'll put the work in. And so just the same work that you'll put in in your athletic endeavors, the same work that you'll put in in your creative endeavors, you got to put that same work, if not more, in your spiritual endeavors because we are spiritual first. How many of us, we train the body, we train our soul more than we train our spirit? And when it's time to lift something spiritual, we, there's something, uh, give me something light. Something like this can be heavy to someone who ain't strong. Someone who's like stage four cancer, like weak, this will become heavy. So imagine something light in this world that God said, oh, you can lift that. But you're not spiritually strong enough to lift it. My friend, you will look embarrassed in the kingdom of God. Like the spiritual world will be like, oh, see, she thinks she's strong because she went to church. He thinks he's strong because he read his little Bible, little verse that popped up on the screen. Oh, they think they strong off of that. No one can become strong lifting a dumbbell one time. So if I only lift this scripture up one time, how can I expect to be strong in all times? Just the same amount of reps that you put in in every endeavor. You got to put your reps in here because you are a spirit first. But the issue is all we see is the physical first. So when you look in the mirror, you see your body. Oh, I didn't get these abs together. I got to get my body together. Oh, or when you look into the refrigerator, I got to get my stomach together. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, no, but, or when you with that person, I got to get my emotions together. I got to get my feelings together. I got to get my thoughts together. But when you avoid this mirror, the Bible says look in the perfect law of liberty. Like this is the best mirror you can look into. Why do we go to physical mirrors? 
to see how we look. And why do we want to see how we look? See, we look bad now. And why do we do that? What's the main goal of appearance, right? So we, so we look in mirrors to make sure that everything's clear, to make sure everything's good to go. Why do we brush our teeth? Why do we wash our face? Why do we put on deodorant? Like, why, why do we do all that stuff in the bathroom, right? So what, why, are we, why don't we go to our prayer room? In the bathroom, we do everything we got to do to get ready. <laughs> but when I go into my prayer room, I'm saying, I got to make sure, okay, I got to make sure my, my smile, I got to make sure my teeth is clean. I got to make sure my joy is bright. I got to make sure that my, that, my, that my walk is tight. Like, I got to make sure that my light is right. I got to make sure I look good and presentable because you think you affect it when your peers laugh at you. What do you think those devils do when they laugh at you? You know what motivates me? And I have, I've had a gift of discernment since I was a kid. I remember when I was young, and some of y'all may have this gift. I, I used to, when I was five, six years old, I would see uh, demons, I would see shadows. Like even when I walk into rooms, I can kind of measure, not necessarily to the accurate amount of how many demons are infestation, but I can feel demon spirits. Like if I walk in this room or I walk across a person, I can kind of guess how demonically oppressed they are. When I was a baby, when I was a kid, I used to see black snakes on my wall. I used to see black flames on my wall. Um, when I was a kid, they, they, I mean, I went, I used to run in my mama's room. Mama, there's a monster under my bed, and I wasn't lying. <laughs> and so that gift of discernment, even when I went to Nigeria, and I came off that plane, I felt something choke me. Like, when I was in my hotel room, my ceiling fan was spinning randomly. My lights were flickered. Like, like my, my room was shaped. Like, my, like uh, people don't even know that I was in Nigeria for, I was supposed to be there for four weeks. And on the third week, there was a kidnapping hit on me. Like, when you get kidnapped in Nigeria, that ain't, enough, that, that ain't, that ain't something to play with. Like, when, I, when you get kidnapped in Nigeria, you're pretty much dead, right? Because my face was on posters. I preached in Nigeria. And all of a sudden, my, my, um, my auntie comes in and she's like, you got to leave in the morning. I said, leave? She just came in a room. They just gave me jollof rice and some, and some, and some catfish. They, I, I was about to eat. She comes in and says, you got to leave in the morning. Someone, something or someone is trying to kidnap you. And so imagine that type of fear, right? So since a kid, I was aware of spiritual things. Like I was aware of who I am, right? And when you begin to think along those lines, what motivates me is that I can hear when a demon laughs at me. Oh, we got you again, Playboy. You thought you was tough. Those little weird snickerings of, of them saying, we got them again. Like, I, what, what you, when I was 24, 25, and I was experienced, and I said, man, I can't let these jokers laugh at me, fam. How many times do demons laugh at you because they got you again? Or you think everybody's laughing with you, but those demons laughing against you, saying, we got her again. We got him again. Like, this thing is spiritual. If you try to engage a spiritual world physically, my friend, you won't come out uh, successful. So, you like, reading your Bible is not something that a preacher tells you to do. It's something you must do. Like, like if you really want to have success, you got to say, I got to be mindful of this word. I got to find every scripture against lust. I got to find scriptures against pride. I got to find scriptures against whatever it is to make sure I'm strong enough so when I am tempted... I can pass the test. Now, there's a big difference between being tempted and being tested. When you're tempted, that's the devil's doing. 
When you're being tested, that's God's doing. And temptation and test doesn't necessarily mean the devil sent that temptation to you. Temptation are just part of society. Like, you can walk by a handsome young man or a handsome or a beautiful young woman, and it ain't like the devil brought her. So don't be thinking of the devil, they go to the devil again, you know what I like. We live in a world that has these different attractions. But that's why it makes it more pivotal for you to say, I got to make sure that I'm spiritually in tune, man. Because imagine, so what right now, if someone pulls the fire alarm in this building, what is everybody going to do? Somebody who is unfamiliar with the fire alarm process, what are they going to do? What's that noise? When you know a noise, you do what the noise tells you to do. But how many of us, their alarm spiritually has been going off and we just sitting here not even knowing? Oh, we just, right? The, the spiritual alarms have already went off. Like, America, not America no more. We're a third world country. They say we're a third world country with a Gucci belt. Like, right now, the U.S. dollar is about to collapse. Like, right now, inflation is about to go through the roof. Do you know the shoes that you have, the shoes that you want, the food that you want is going to be almost quadruple in price? Like, it's, it's over. But it's just beginning. Because when it gets dark, that's when the light shines brighter. So what am I saying to you? You better get yourself right. I'm talking about get yourself trained spiritually to be mindful of the word of God. Because let me tell you something. Life as we know it, we don't have much time left with this kind of life. But when I tell you something about walking with God, it don't matter how bad it gets. It's going to be always good for you. But if you don't know the signs of the times, then when it's time to move, you won't move. The Bible talks about ten virgins, five wise and five foolish. The five foolish virgins didn't have enough oil in their lamps. The five wise had enough oil. Real quick before you go. And before, and when it was time to leave, they didn't have enough oil. Now, what are some of the dangers of not having enough oil when it's time to have oil? Or not having enough uh, battery life or having enough whatever to sustain a device? Can't see. So, I have to keep my phone charged. Go ahead. What you about to say? Break down. So, for instance, I know for a fact that if I see that my phone's on 25% by 1 o'clock or 12 o'clock, I'm going to charge that phone. Why? Why would a married man or a father make sure his phone is charged? Because you have to communicate. I have to communicate because I don't know what's going on. I didn't know what's happening. So, if my wife calls right now, we're done. She texts me we, because I got to make sure y'all all right. That's why I keep my phone charged. The same thing about yourself spiritually. You got to keep yourself charged because you never know what's going to be charging against you. So think about that when you leave today. Think about, are you on 2%? Are you on 5%? 98%? What do you do when your phone's on, on red? I mean, the red little red icon, that thing. Should you really wait till it gets there? No. So think about that your life. I want you to write your soap books sometime today, not right now. What percentage of spiritual battery life are you on right now? Are you on 2%, 5%, or 100%? Love y'all. I'll talk to y'all later. I love you, girl.